Thanks, everybody. I'm really excited to tell you a little bit about my uh, Lean Startup journey today. Before I get too far in, I want to get a quick feel. How many of you are actually working on a hardware product? Okay, decent amount of hands there. I was a little bit surprised. We've had not a lot of hardware representation, except for the great last talk that we just listened to. Um, I work for a company called Cirrus Systems, and what Cirrus does is makes hardware. This is test equipment for electrical systems. So um, to see it a little bit more in context, our customers will use our equipment, plug in hundreds of wires, and it will tell if they are wired correctly or not. Very big, complex things, taking lots of measurements. And when I started at Cirrus about three years ago, I had a lot of questions. I was the youngest member of the engineering team, and I found it pretty easy for the rest of the engineers to answer questions like, um, how does this technology work, or how do we manage to accomplish this thing with our product? But when I ask questions along the lines of, how many of our customers actually use um, this feature? Or what you know, area of our market really cares this much about the product, this, this aspect of the product? Those questions were much harder for them to answer. And I also learned about a recent product that had been released by our company called Pinsight. You may not be able to tell much from this picture, but it's a fairly complex piece. There's a video camera. There's a force sensor involved. There's some complex um, video algorithms going on. And so it took several years to develop this product. And it was developed in close conjunction with a single customer, um, who, of course, promised to buy hundreds of these things once they were done. And uh, that should probably throw up some red flags for a lot of you. And indeed, when we were done and we released this product, that customer did not, in fact, buy hundreds of them. And neither did anybody else. In the several years that we've had this out on the market, um, we've sold less than 10 a year. And this kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, uh, putting that much effort into something and getting very little bit out of it. And so when we ran across the Lean Startup uh, about two and a half years ago, the initial reaction was, this is great. This is totally what we are going to do to revolutionize the way that we develop products. We're never going to have the same problem again like we had with Pinsight. It's going to be great. But then we sat down and we tried to think through how are we actually going to implement these principles. And this is great, quickly turned into this won't work for us. <laughs> um, all the examples in the books are you know, web startups that can do really cool stuff. We, just, we can't do that. We've got this whole list of problems. First of all, we're a hardware company. And we can't just change hardware overnight and push it out and see what happens. There's design time, there's manufacturing things, inventory problems, lots of things. Um, we're business to business, which is different than all these consumer people. You know, there's different purchasing levels and a lot of additional consideration going on. We have a very small market, which means that we can't just experiment with a group of customers and hope it works out, and if it doesn't, throw them away and go find more, because then there won't be any customers left. Um, our customers are also very far away, which means we can't just call them up and say, come on over and check out our latest thing. Um, and it's expensive to ship out to them, and there's a lot of challenges getting actual interactions with real customers. Our customers also have very high expectations. We have military and medical customers. Medical customers have hundreds of pages of paperwork to get FDA approval to use our equipment to test their equipment. And if we make any changes to the product, then they have to go through you know, additional paperwork to make that happen and all sorts of challenges in that space. And last, but certainly not least, is the fact that we can't afford to have errors in our product because we're testing things like aircrafts and elevators and catheters that we don't want to give the wrong information and tell people that their cable is fine to use when it's not. So we had this big list of challenges, and it was kind of discouraging when we started thinking about Lean. Um, just to get a quick show of hands, how many of you have at least one of these challenges that you're facing right now? OK. 
Okay, so pretty much everybody looks like has at least one of them. Anybody have all of them? Okay, we got at least one guy that's in the same boat, a couple more. So this can be really daunting. Um, and for our team, it was pretty discouraging, and it was kind of like, well, that was fun to read about it, and it would have been great, but oh well. Um, but I was really convinced there had to be something. There had to be something in this that we could grab onto that would be usable for us, even with all of these challenges that we're facing. And I had a very important realization at one point as I was thinking about this, which is one of the key takeaways I want to leave with you today, which is we looked at these things and said, you know, we're not a web startup, we can't do all these things. And I realized we're not trying to act like a web startup. We're just trying to be faster than we are now. And when it takes a five-year design cycle, it doesn't really take that much to be faster than that. You know, um, We don't have to get overnight continuous deployment to be faster than five years. And so I was determined to do something. We've got to figure out some way. So I had a little trouble getting started. The first challenge, of course, is overcoming um, the fact that people don't believe we can actually do this. So I started with me. I said, let me think about all the things that I'm doing personally and think about it in a more lean way. So when I had little projects, like I had to do time tracking on a specific thing, I thought, OK, how can I approach this lean? Don't go and buy a big old tool and set up time categories, write it on a piece of paper, go to a spreadsheet, then get a tool. Um, and then I moved into internal systems. Our product was still a little bit hard to touch. So I said, well, what inside the company could we apply this to? We had just recently formed a tech support group in our company, and there was very little data about what was going on there. So I made a very simple web form. The tech support people, when they got off the phone, filled it out, took 20 seconds, submitted it. After a month, we ran a report on all of that, and wow, suddenly we had all of this data about what was going on with the tech support group, what products were being called about, how many calls they were taking, what were the big issues, and it was like, we can make really informed decisions about what to do with these people now because we have all of this data. And so that kind of got the ball rolling outside of me to say, hey, there's, there's some real value here. And that got me some permission to ease into actual product testing. And I decided to go after usability testing, which is a little bit different than customer development. Um, but I used Stephen Krug's method. He advocates in a book called Rocket Surgery Made Easy. Um, it worked great for what I was trying to do. You can see in the upper left here, there's two people in a room. And one of those is the participant. One of them is guiding the person through the usability test. And then you take that experience and you broadcast it into another room so that you can have a bunch of people on your development team watching it. This was great for me because what I was trying to do was get a bunch of people in the company to see what was going on with usability testing and understand its value. So we started off with our website, which is the easiest thing to touch because you can pull in anybody off the street. Everybody knows how to use a website. And so we just got some people off of Craigslist. This is our old website that you see up here. Um, we've since redesigned it. It looks much better now. And we learned some very interesting things. And so then we got permission and graduated onto actually testing our product. We set up a video camera to video somebody's interaction with it. Um, again, we pulled in some people that had a little bit of industry knowledge, but not a ton. And engineers were watching people use our product that had never used it before. And it was kind of eye-opening. Like, wow, I never thought somebody would do that. And so it really got people thinking, there's some value in here. I can learn something if I do this. Um, and since our customers are far, far away, we tried a phone call system as well. We did six phone calls in a three-hour space. I talked on the phone. Everybody else listened and took notes, asking you know, the same customers, the same, or different customers the same questions and seeing very interesting insights come out of that. So all of this got us permission to start really experimenting. So when we had this idea for a new product called LightSight that was kind of pushed down, said, hey, this is something we should do, we said, OK, great, let's explore this. Normally, we would have gone after and spent a year or two developing this and all of its fine details and getting ready to sell. And we said, we're not going to do that this time. Instead of spending a year or two, let's spend a month or two 
and develop a prototype, which is arguably a lot more than you need to do, but for us it was, it was progress. And so we did that. We made a prototype. This is actually PVC pipe painted black. And we took it to trade shows, and we kind of showed it to people off to the side, like, hey, come take a look at this, and uh, got some feedback that way. We put it in a box and shipped it out to some of our customers and said, hey, we've got this thing. Try it out. Tell us what you think on the phone. And we made a quick brochure with some feature bullet points, and we emailed it out to people and said, tell us what you think. Is this something you'd be interested in? And overall, the reaction we got from all of this was, no, we're not that interested, which was great. Um, because instead of spending a year or two and finding it out, now we had spent a month or two, and we could say, you know what, we'll put this one aside and focus on our core products. And our core products is really where we wanted to figure out how to use this. Um, and so we moved this momentum, and we thought about our next design cycle. Typically, what we do is a five-year development cycle, and out pops this big old monolithic product. And the reason for the development time is because we tend to think that our next product has to be everything and everything that our old product was, but better. And that's why it takes so long, because we think about all the things that it has to be, and then that dictates how long it has to take. And then when we're done with that, we dive into the next one, and we do another five years. And so we really looked at this, and we've got to be able to do something different. So what if we turn the question on its head? And instead of saying, here's what the product needs to be, how long is it going to take, we said, what could we get done in two years? If we forced ourselves and said, we will have something out in two years, what will it be? Obviously, it's not going to be the full big product that we want to have in the long run. But what could we get done? And we realized that our product actually covers a lot of different market spaces and a lot of different people using it in slightly different ways. So we said, what if we honed in on one of those groups and we make it better for that, pe that group of people? Um, it won't be better in the other ways. It'll be at least you know, roughly the same, but it'll be really good in this one way. And we came up with this idea to do a platform with modules on top. So in two years, we could kind of get the platform we put in place and the first module that covered that one thing that we wanted to do better. And it wouldn't do everything, and there would be a lot of people we really wouldn't sell it to. But we would sell it to the people that cared the most. And then we could spend another year development cycle and pop out another module that goes on top of our platform. And we could keep doing this over the five-year time until we've got almost the same thing that we would have had if we had just spent five years doing one big box. But taking this approach has a lot of really good advantages. First of all, it gets our first thing out a lot faster. In two years, instead of five years, we can get a lot more feedback on the product. We can make sure that we're on the right path before we get too far down that road. It also allows us to change along the way a little bit easier than finding out five years later about technology that's different. It also gives us a lot more visibility into which aspects of our products people really care about. Because when we sell a big box and it has all the features under the sun, we just know that they bought the box. We don't know which feature was really the most interesting to them. You know, you can ask them, but we've heard a lot today, customers lie. And so you don't really know what's going on and why they bought it. But if you sell as modules and people buy modules, you can say, hey, a lot of people bought that module. They actually like that piece of the product. And a lot of people didn't buy this one. Maybe we don't even need to worry about that for our next generation of the product. The other advantage that's really cool is that you can kind of mix and match some of the modules and package them together as a product. And you can sell it to a specific market space. And then you can take a different set and package them together and sell it to somebody else. And so there's a lot of advantages to approaching it in this way. And the, really thing, the king, thing that kicked us off into this direction was thinking about it a different way. If we had to get something in two years, what would it be? Rather than the typical way of thinking, our product has to be this, how long is it going to take us? Um, a few other ideas just to throw out there that might be of use for you that we're hoping to accomplish um, or that we're starting to work with. 
one really important thing I'm realizing is that your website um, has a lot of advantages. As a hardware person, we tend to think about our product as hardware, and how do we learn about that? But the website, most of the people who are buying your product, at least in our industry, are interacting with the virtual version of it long before they ever see anything physical. So why not use the website to learn everything you can about what aspects of the product people really care about? Um, similarly, you can do sales brochure beta tests where you take the pictures and you kind of experiment with different feature points and see what kind of grabs people's attention. If you do have hardware on some sort of prototype, one thing that we're experimenting with is shipping that out, like we did with the LightSite experiment. Um, and we're experimenting with a new software called Murray from TechSmith. And what this software allows you to do is record a customer's interaction remotely. And so they records their face and their interaction with the hardware, and they guides them through a bunch of steps, and then they just mail you back the laptop, and you can go back and watch their whole interaction and what their experience was. Um, if budget is an issue, trying to get out to customers that are far away, training events are a great thing. If your product is sophisticated enough to you know, allow some sort of training, let them pay you to come and talk to them. So they can either come to you or you can go out to them. And we're leveraging this a lot in terms of getting out in front of more customers without having to have the budget expense. Software usage tracking is another um, thing that we're toying around with. If you can build it into your product, if it connects to the internet, great. They can just upload the value um, or the data to you on an optional program. Or if it comes back in for repair, you can kind of extract that data and see what aspects people are really using and what they aren't. And last, get data from any source that you can. If you've got a piece of hardware, there's other things that are going on in your ecosystem um, that can give you insights into what that hardware is besides just the hardware piece itself. Um, your repair numbers, your sales numbers, newsletter clicks, website clicks, all that sort of thing. Overall, the big thing that I want to leave with you that was a big eye-opener for me, I looked at this and was really discouraged at our long list of things that we couldn't do. And it, it kind of made me want to feel like, well, let's just put that aside. It won't work for us. But the reality was that there was a lot of things that can be applied in maybe just slightly different ways. So just because you can't do everything doesn't mean that you can't do anything. I actually had to use the Lean Startup process on our Lean Startup process. Go through some experimenting and figure out how your company can learn with what you've got, whatever it is. And remember that you don't need to act like a web startup. If you can't do all those things, great. Just try to be faster than you are now and shorten that cycle. Thank you. <laughs> Looks like we've got a little bit of time for some question and answer. Yeah. Um, so there is a URL that's been popping up for questions. Um, and I've got a couple of them here. But if you can get one in very quickly, we'll see if that comes back up. Um, then I might be able to ask it. But I definitely have one to start out. Um, you mentioned a lot of different aspects of you know all these things that you had to implement um, different processes and kind of methods to really get to speed up the cycle was there one that really was like the make or break it was like this is the one that made the big difference or was it more of a combination um, the big thing for me was just getting people to buy in I think was the, the biggest process change in a way of thinking it was changing the way that people think um, the usability testing was huge in allowing people to see, like, this is really valuable. There's nothing like getting people in your organization to watch somebody use the product that's never used it before. Um, and it just blows their mind what people do. And there's nothing like that to really change the mentality and get the ball rolling. Awesome. Um, and one other one that I had, and um, looks like there's more coming in, but um, 
with your team and trying to speed up the cycle, I mean, like you just said, showing people was the most important, but did it take a lot of work to get uh, all of your team on board to try to be speeding things up and say, okay, well, we're not going to do this the same way that we did it before. What, what did the challenges look like in that? So yeah, there's, especially working with engineers, and I can say this because I am an engineer from the beginning, um, it's really hard to kind of let go of the perfectionism and being willing to go with something less than you really want it to be. Um, specifically with the example I showed up, that little can, we stole wholesale a PCB board and microprocessor and software code from another product. And Initially, when we did that, they said, the founder who had kind of pushed the idea in the beginning, he said, oh, this is going to be a small product. We've got to sell it for really cheap, so we've got to replace the microprocessor that's on there with a cheaper one. So I've spec this in. We'll put this in the design. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, you know, that's great. And when we, when we sell hundreds of these and thousands of them, um, great. We'll, we'll do it to scale. But for right now, if I leave the processor in there that's more expensive, I don't have to change anything. I don't have to change the code, and it just works. And that saves a lot of time. It'll get us out there faster. So fighting back those kind of things, um, the, you know, we want it to be so much more than it is, um, and it's OK that it's not everything. And the kind of long term, like, eventually it has to do this, so let's do that now. OK, let's wait till later. Right. So we have another question that kind of follows up on that, which um, ask specifically what training or skills development was required internally to be able to change your approach? Um, so for me, it was reading the Lean Startup book and kind of getting on the blogs and kind of thinking in a different way because I come from the engineering background and so uh, I tend to think of things more in the perfectionist sort of way. Um, Stephen Krug's book was great in helping with the usability and kind of getting some usability testing experience and some user experience um, experience as well was really useful. Great. Um, well, I think that's just about all we have time for, but I really appreciate you being here, and let's give a big round of applause again for Kevin. Thanks.